Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20Cordimus. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard round the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boy, Davy Crockett. Coming to you from the D-Tom Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon, this is Don't Tread on America. How's everybody doing? It is Sunday, April 23rd, 2023, 42323. I love this song. Let's rock. get you going on a Sunday afternoon. How's everybody doing out there today? Like I said, it is April 23rd. God bless. A quarter of the year already in the books. Whew. All right, guys. In the search of trying to find something to talk about today, I don't have anything for you. So with that being said, guys, please make... No, I'm joking. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to go down a little bit of a different route. Shocker, I know, right? The um, the subject of today is going to be cancel culture. And the, the title of the show is going to be When Cancel Culture Backfires. And cancel culture is a term that is relatively new. It's probably within the last 10 years that that word, that phrase, has become synonymous with our everyday life and uh, no matter what what you call yourself you're a liberal you're a conservative you're a republican you're a democrat you're libertarian you're whatever every single one of us is involved in cancel culture i think the difference between some people's version of cancel culture and other people's a cancel uh, version of cancel culture is how loud you talk and uh, and we're going to get into all that here in just a second. Before we do, I want to talk about our our other sponsor to the show, Christian Lawson Watches. Check them out at christianlawson.com. Make sure you use promo code DTOM at the checkout to get 
20% off on your uh, purchase price. That's christianlawson.com. Check them out, guys. Promo code DTOM. All right. Where are we at here? There we are, computer. Thought we were just going to have issues. <laughs> All right, so... Cancel culture, the, the phrase, has been... is is It's not new. This This whole uh idea of cancel culture is is nothing new we in this country and and i say this country because that's you know what we're focused on here obviously right don't tread america um but cancel culture isn't a new thing the phrase is new um now what does it mean Okay, so before we get into all of this, also, I want to make sure, I'm sorry, get all the business out of the way first, right, Don? Then you can run your mouth. Okay. Make sure whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, to go ahead and follow the show. Subscribe. It doesn't cost you a penny. You already listened to the best podcast that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> but uh, most importantly, guys and gals, please make sure you're sharing this. If you're on social media, if you're, you know, work with a bunch of dudes or chicks that, or into this kind of talk, you know, we, I try not to get too political. I try not to um, focus on what everybody else is talking about. That way, if, if you're a person like myself, I probably listen to, I don't listen to a crap ton of, uh, of um, podcasts. I listen to three or four or five, you know, and not for nothing, but they all kind of talk about the same thing. And I listen to them. I mean, to be honest with you, I listen to them so I can see what not to talk about, if that makes any sense. If if I'm listening to, say, Dan Bongino and Tim Poole, which I, I, I got a little beef with him. I mean, not that he knows who the fuck I am, so what does it matter? But um, And uh, like Jesse Kelly and Poe, so I listen to those couple of podcasts. I don't have a whole lot of time to listen to podcasts. Some of them are quick, some of them are long. It depends on what I have going on that day at work that where I can focus on a on a podcast. But um, the uh, the biggest reason I listen to them isn't necessarily to get ideas. I don't. Oh, Dan Bongino was talking about this, so I, perfect. I'm gonna talk about the same thing. That's why I listen to those guys because they're probably for the top podcasts. I mean, there's others that are bigger, and I get all that, but. Um, I feel like I want to do a podcast that kind of reaches the same audience of people, but talking about real problems that we might, obviously there's sometimes I have to talk about things that everyone else is talking about and give you my take on that. I get that. Um, that's why I try to branch out and do other things, do the bloodlines and, and just different, just different things, man. Come on, man. Um, so anyway, so please share this with your friends. If there's people that are like, ah, I don't really like listening to podcasts or too political, we're not. We I, I really don't feel that every show, you know, I try to do three shows a week. Maybe in a two or three week period, I might have a rampage about Biden. I don't want to get on here and sit there and talk about how bad the economy is doing, which actually I'm going to touch on that today. <laughs> and I... And um, I'm not even going to blame necessarily any one particular political party. I'm not going to give any one particular political party favor over what's going on. It's just an observant observation that I had yesterday. 
and I'll get to that in a second. But also, if you are on social media and you like the shows you're listening to, and I know I, you know, I've done two hundred and fifty some on shows. I don't even know how many we've done, and uh, some of them might not your bag might not be your bag of of tea or whatever. I don't know, and that's fine. Um, I try to title the shows to grasp the attention. Like, oh, that might be something I want to listen to. Um, if it's something that you find interesting and you think your friend or your your relative or whatever might find that topic interesting, share it with them. You know, it's, a, it's an hour long. Just listen to this dude. He's kind of funny. He's kind of stupid. He's a moron. Whatever. I don't care. Just uh, share this with your friends, guys. That's the big... We're, we're really making some strides here. And I feel that with your help, because I obviously... I have no income coming in from this show. I don't ask you guys for money. Um, I don't have a Patreon. I don't do all that crap that all these other guys are doing. This is a hobby for me. I, I you know, self-funded. And, um, I mean, would I like for this to be a career? Yeah, I would. But I will never ask you guys to fund my career. This is a hobby. If it turns into something more, great. And the best way for that to happen is for you guys to do the one thing I ask for you to do. Share this with your friends. Subscribe to the show. When your friends listen to it, make sure they subscribe to the show. Because like I said, it doesn't cost you anything. doesn't cost you anything but download gigabytes, megabytes, whatever they're called. Um, so do those things and help me. And... Uh, you know, we'll see where this goes from there. I mean, it might be a situation here. I've been, since the downloads have been getting steadily better, I've actually been thinking about opening a store for merchandise, not necessarily to make more money per se. I mean, a lot of times on merch deals, you don't really make a whole lot of money. It's more about advertisement. If I sell a $20 t-shirt or hat or whatever the case may be, stickers, it's, uh, you know, even if I only make a dollar, two dollars off of that sale, it's not going to be about the money aspect of selling that stuff. I literally will try to sell whatever I sell at near cost prices. Now, you might be thinking, that's crazy. Why would you sell T-shirts that cost $17 to make for, you know, 20 bucks? Well, it's because I want you to buy the stuff. Because what does that do for me? You buy a shirt, hat, sticker, whatever the case may be, keychain, I mean, keychain, whatever, but more something that you're going to be wearing. You're, you're going out to dinner tonight, I'm wearing my D-Tom shirt. I got my car, my truck, I'm going to put a D-Tom sticker on it. And that's it's not free advertisement, obviously. You're paying for it. But if I'm not making any money, we're both kind of paying for that, and we're all in this together, okay, from the ground floor. We're going to work on this together. And that's kind of my idea, not to sell a $10 T-shirt for $30, so I can put 20 bucks in my pocket. I'd rather sell a $10 t-shirt for, I don't know prices, I haven't really gotten into it, but I'd rather sell a $10 t-shirt for $12 so I can make a little bit of money on it, but mainly so we can sell the stuff. You're wearing it, people see it, wonder what that is, and then they check out the show. Then they buy stuff, and so on and so forth. It's a way for me to advertise without losing money. And that's really the key here. Um, and then not to get canceled. 
At any rate, so please share this with your friends, guys. If you're on social media, if you're on Facebook, Instagram, or the Ticker Talker, follow us at Don't Tread on America. If you're on the Twitter machine, check us out at DTOM underscore 1775. And if you're not on social media, I do not blame you one bit. I pretty much, with the exception of show stuff, I'm pretty much not even on social media. I'll be honest with you. The uh, TikTok was mainly making drinks. I don't think I've done one of those in like two or three months. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. My personal Facebook, I don't even really get on. Um, my personal Twitter, I, I use to scroll and get news articles, to be honest with you. Um, the biggest thing you'll get if you follow us on any of those um, entities will be show updates. Hey, there's a show today. Show just broke. This is the name of the show. Check it out. Um, but like I said, if you're not on social media, I don't blame you. You can follow the show at don'ttreadonamerica.com. Subscribe to the website. I don't spam you. You don't get a bunch of shit. You'll literally get show updates. If I do a blog, you'll get that. Most importantly, on any of those entities, you can message the show. If you have any questions, any ideas, if you have an article from your neck of the woods, whether you're in this country or another country, send it to me. I'll check it out. Maybe it has something to do with all the bullshit that's going on. I don't know. But uh, stay in communication. This is a groundswell situation. You guys are part of the movement. And we want to continue continuing, if that makes any sense. I don't know. All right, so cancel culture. It's not new. Think, think about in this country especially, way back in the day, two, three hundred years ago, 5,000 years ago, no, um, you had cancel culture. It wasn't called cancel culture. It wasn't called anything of the sorts. But you think back to like book burning and banning books and doing this. And we see that today, not so much book burning, but we do see literature being banned. I mean, I live in the state of Florida where I feel that we have one of the best governors in the country, and he's doing the same thing. Now, it's not that he's banning but see this is where the twist and this is where cancel culture gets all discombobulated by the media and by social media now in the state of florida desantis oh he's banning books yes and no now what does that mean yes and no either he's banning them or he's not here's the difference if you go to books a million or any random bookstore and you want to buy said book. I don't know the books that he's banning. You can buy the book. Okay? You can go to Books A Million and buy some book on drag queens and whatever. And you're, you're paying money for that. That's your deal. Where he's banning, quote-unquote banning, these books are from state-funded libraries. Mainly school libraries or um, your city library. Now... <laughs> That's that's the thing with social media and even our regular media, our mainstream media, where it gets all discombobulated with words. Bold. DeSantis is banning books. Okay, yes, he is, but not like you think. Now, back in the 1800s, when they were banning books, they were banning books. <laughs> like, you can't read uh, The Catcher in the Rye. We're burning this book. This book is no longer allowed to be read. It's not that it was banned from public libraries is that you can never read this book 
You understand what I'm saying? That's that's the difference between quote unquote banning and banning it from government funded entities. Okay. Well, I should have the right to read that book. You do have the right to read whatever books in this country. It's called freedom of speech, freedom of expression. You have the right to do that. Just go buy the damn thing. You're not going to go to the public library where where government or people's taxes are paying for these books. That's the whole thing here. So is it cancel culture? I guess you could say it is, but it's not really. He's not banning the book from your consumption. You are more than welcome to read any of these freak show books you want to read. That's on you. Go buy it. I think that's the difference here. But as of lately, in the last 10 years, the term cancel culture has become crazy, right? And we've seen all sorts, whether it's people, products, um, you know, whatever. Just cancel. You say the wrong thing. You think the wrong thing. You've seen with the wrong person. You vote for the wrong person. And people just get into an uproar. And so I found this, and I wanna, I'm going to read this. So this is a lesson in corporate wokeness, the disaster after making Aunt Jemima a pariah. So this goes into a whole bunch of different corporate decisions. So this was just re- this was uh, from the 21st, today's 23rd. So though it's finally clean, lingering effects are still seen with the cultural furor surrounding the beer brand Bud Light. Um, there were a number of missteps regarding the poor decisions to involve transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney, and one of the t- and one of the aspects of that had come to light is how those in charge of the of the brand have been engaging in corporate woke culture. Many of those seen the video of Alyssa Hershschneid, if I said that wrong, whatever, the VP of Bud Light, laying out her intentions of the beer brand to use a lexicon of woke culture and insult her out-of-touch customer base, but she is not alone. Also involving these things was Anheuser-Busch Vice President of Communications, Jennifer Morris. In a prior interview, she laid out some of the goals for the company as she envisioned these things. She says, Anheuser-Busch is in a unique position to bring attention to DE&I issues in a way that brings consumers along the journey to drive positive change and create more equitable world. We can leverage our scale and resources to further um, conversations around DE&I and uh, help consumers understand the difference they can make as individuals. So DE&I, diversity, equity, and inclusion, okay? Because everything's got to be fair. Here's the problem before I read on. I don't care that any company, Anheuser Bush, I don't care. I don't care what your company is. I don't give a shit if you hire a female, a male, a chick dude, a dude chick, if they're white, black, brown, whatever. I don't care. But the key to cancel culture is that right there. D, E, and I, your diversity, equity, and inclusion parameters set up by whoever. It's not like it's a government, I mean, not yet anyway. (laughs) It's not a government, you have to do this. Now, I remember 
as long as I can remember, especially since I've been a working individual. So for 30 some odd years, 34, 35 years that I've been working, you always saw like on the uh, like in the employee break room, they'd have the old minimum wage is this. And we don't discriminate based on race, religion, uh, you know, uh, gender, you know, blah, 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 whatever. And that kind of started the push towards diversity, equity, and inclusion. Now, am I am I to here to say? Am I here to sit here? I don't want to get. I'm having a Fetterman moment. I'm not here to say that if you run a business, okay, everyone should be given the opportunity to work for you. Obviously, if you only have two positions, you can only hire two people, and you have to hire the best person for the job, not the gayest person for the job, not the blackest person for the job, not the transgender freak show for the job. You don't, you don't have to do that. The, the problem that we have in this country right now is that we worry about excluding those people. And what I mean by that is this. If you run a business or if you're just a manager at a business, whatever the business is, doesn't matter, and you're hiring people, okay? So way back when, I've told you this many times before, I used to be a manager for Walmart, okay? Now, that was 20 years ago. So back then, (laughs) we got applications, paper applications, you know, and, and whoever filled out whatever, and you went through the applications and you kind of made a you didn't take every application and call those 50 people you picked through those applications and based on how that person filled out that application is whether or not you called them for an interview now nowadays it's a lot different you guys are well aware of this there's no such thing for the most part especially with companies that you do paper applications that might still be at like mom and pop businesses but if you're working in the in the corporate world or the you know where a business has multiple locations whatever that is retail or or otherwise it's all online right you go online oh walmart careers okay i'm you know bob johnson social security numbers one two three four five i live at 62 mockingbird lane blah 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 these are the places i've worked in the last however many years and, uh, you know, I expect this salary and then usually you get done with all that and they, they have to do a thing. It's an assessment, right? You have to take an assessment. I call it the idiot test. And uh, as of lately with the place that I work at, because we have that also, I've come to realize that the idiot test is actually to prove that that person is an idiot. <laughs> it used to be you took these quote-unquote idiot tests to make sure that the person wasn't going to conform. And, and, you know, it basically might be 20 questions. And those 20 questions might be seven, eight questions repeated, but just worded differently. But I don't know how effective they are because we, at my place of work, hire some freaking morons. But nonetheless, I'm not here to complain about that. Um, I think the biggest thing is back then... You would you look at application. Okay, here's Bob Johnson. Um, I I don't know. I can't recall that it said if it had a race question in there. I'm sure it probably did. Um, I didn't look at that. 
oh, I didn't want Bob Johnson. He's black. I don't want him working here. I didn't care. What I looked at was this. So those of you that are older and recall filling out applications back in the day, on, on the back of the application, there would be three spots. Fill out your latest um, jobs. Okay? So if you filled out job one, I worked at, uh, you know, uh, discount auto parts uh, from November of 22 till uh, current. Right? Let's just say. Okay, so you've worked at this job for the last, you know, six months, seven months, whatever. Okay, where did you work before that? Okay, before that he worked at, uh, now this I'm hiring for Walmart. So now job two, they worked at uh, Target from, uh, you know, uh, December of 21 to November of 22. And that's when they quit and went to discount. And then job three, they worked at McDonald's, you know, whatever. The first thing I looked at is if those three lines, those three boxes were filled out because it also says, if I remember correctly, list your last three jobs if been more if it's been less than two years, three years, four years, whatever it was. Okay. So the first thing I'm looking at now is that this person has all three of these boxes filled out. So then I'm looking at the dates. Okay. Now this person worked these three jobs in the last two or three years, right? Or if this person, I worked at this place for the last 10 years and this place prior to them for 20 years, and the place, then they're just a moron. They can't follow directions. So you have that, right? But the biggest thing was the person that worked, that filled that box out and has had three jobs in the past year and a half. That's a red flag. Do you call that person in for an interview? I don't give a shit what color they are. Do you call that person in for an interview? No. Now, you can make the argument, oh, maybe they just haven't found the job they're looking for. Well, they've worked at Target, they've worked at Discount Auto Parts, and they're trying to get a job at Walmart. It's the same basic job. I don't think I need to waste my time with that person. That's just how it is. But now, we have to check a box. Okay, we have, uh, you know, uh, L, you know, employees, we have 300 employees, and uh, 70% of those employees are white. And 20% of those are black and 10% are, are Hispanic. We need to get those numbers up. So if a Hispanic person comes in looking for a job, we're, we're going to need to make sure we interview them. And, and I just think DE&I has ruined the workplace because we worry about those things. We worry about if uh, this person comes in for the job interview and they're, they're, they at least – appear to be gay maybe the, by the way they carry themselves we have to worry about that because if we tell that person now you know maybe we'll, we'll don't call us we'll call you type scenario you don't know if that person is going to feel some sort of way because you didn't hire them because now they're going to think you didn't hire them because they're gay or because they're trans or because they're black or because they're hispanic when in actuality it might be because they've had three jobs in the past year you understand what I'm saying? And we worry too much about those things instead of getting the best person for the job and getting canceled because of it. So, you know, it'll take a time, a period of time to access how, just how impactful this beer backlash will become. It might be a few quarters. I mean, obviously it was pretty, pretty direct and pretty quick where they dropped 5 billion in sales. Now, granted, they've rebound some, um, <laughs> Before I keep reading on, I just started thinking about something. 
And I talked about this the other day when all this Budweiser crap started. My thought was, if you like something, if you like Budweiser, Bud Light, or any other brand that Budweiser makes, fucking drink it. If they want to send a care package to these two transvestite or wannabe transvestites, whatever they are, whatever. If you feel some sort of way because they did that, then there's 5,000 other options out there. It's not like fucking Budweiser's the end-all, be-all of beer. And personally, I, I mean, prior, you know, I used to drink beer. Um, I'll be honest with you, my beer of choice was Yingling, whether it was Yingling, Yingling Light, or Yingling, Ling, ah, Yingling Flight. Now, I do like Margaritaville, the uh, Landshark Lager. That's a good beer. Um, that is, I don't know that it's made by Anheuser-Busch or if it's just distributed by Anheuser-Busch, but whatever. It's a good beer. I've got a six-pack in the fridge and one in the kitchen. Why? As much as I drink whiskey, after a long, hot day working out in the yard, <laughs> cold lion shark's pretty fucking good. Okay? So the whole thing about Bud Light doing what they did, and if you're going to ban Bud Light, you got to ban all the Budweiser stuff. Cool. I don't care. I really don't care. Um, I think in the grand scheme of things, they figured out that of all the beers that Anheuser-Busch makes, and this is where I think they messed up. This is just me talking. What do I know, right? Personally, of all the beers that Anheuser-Busch makes, that they actually make, not that they just happen to distribute, why would you pick... Bud Light to do this with. Now, obviously, it had something to do with the females, not not females in general, but this particular Alyssa because she had come out saying about Bud Light being a, a frat house beer or whatever. Okay, the thing is with Bud Light is I can't imagine anyone that actually likes Bud Light. That's just me personally. I, I can't stand the taste. It has nothing to do with all this bullshit. Never liked Bud Light. When you have people that run a brand, whether it's Budweiser or whatever, and they have an ulterior motive to be D-E-N-I, you're going to mess up your brand. There's such a thing as know your audience. Now, is that to say that all, only people that drink Bud Light are dumb rednecks in the South? No. Is it a chunk of your of your people? Yes. So you could automatically assume you're going to lose that. But in all honesty, a lot of those people probably just went to natural light, which is still a Anheuser-Busch situation. And it's basically the same piss beer. Why didn't they go to Yingling Light? Well, because it's more expensive. I mean, it is what it is. And I think Budweiser knew what they were doing when they did this. Now, it is our right as a consumer to not purchase products, okay? I saw a TikTok where this lady gets on there, and she is losing her mind over the people that are losing their mind <laughs> over this Budweiser situation, this Dylan Mulvaney thing. And her, I, I tried to find the video again, but I couldn't find it. But she was, she was saying, 
I can't believe all you people, you conservatives, you you rednecks and you this and you that, getting so butthurt over a, a face on a can. Okay? And then you start thinking about that. Okay, well, what was it that you guys were doing like two years ago? Right? We were banning... We, Aunt Jemima's racist, and Uncle Ben, and the uh, Land O'Lakes Indian. These are people, they're people, these are images that sold product. I mean, shit, Aunt Jemima, and I'll get back to this Budweiser thing in a second, but Aunt Jemima, well, you're talking 1889 is when that likeness appeared on the pancake mixes and stuff. 1889. Oddly enough, prior to that, it was called Pearl Mill, whatever it is now. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting as you do a little research that the, um, the, the brand was, I, I can't think of what it's called right now, Pearl Mill uh, Milling or something like that, whatever it's called now. That's what it started out as back in the 1800s, and then it changed to this. And uh, it took it took America 130 some odd years to figure out that it was racist. And I mean, but for 100 and some years, everyone bought the shit. If it was a bad logo, if it was a bad image, it wouldn't have gotten bought by white and black and Hispanic and whoever all buys it, whoever all's making pancakes and getting the syrup. But all of a sudden, it was racist when the person that envisioned or was the face of that was a black female that, but, you know, we canceled her. And she didn't, I mean, granted, this she's way gone, but her family, Uncle Ben's, we canceled that. And it's not like, it's not like you're making fun of an image. You got to think when 1889, when... That was the image of, of uh, Aunt Jemima. That's, <laughs> that's what you had in this country. You had, what was it based on, like uh, called a mammy or whatever. And that's what life was like back then. And then, I mean, great, God forbid, these if these kids, these liberals nowadays get a hold of some old-ass uh, Tom and Jerry cartoons, shit. You know? Anyway, um, where was that? So in 2020, amid Black Lives Matter upheaval seen across the country, companies were bending a knee on a regular basis. Many brands and corporations came out with statements and pledges about altering their practices and involving their corporate structures on diversity being thrown about in their mea culpa, of course. Lost in these was self-congratulatory announcements was the unspoken admission that they did not realize they were making. If you were promised to no longer be racist, then that means you are stating that you had previously <coughs> excuse me, been a racist company. In the flurry of Wall Street struggle sessions was a number of brand... God, now my throat's being racist. I can't talk. Hold on, let me get a drink here. All this talking dries out the throat whiskey makes it better so in the flurry of wall street struggle sessions was a number of brands eradicating their corporate mascots i just talked about this but 
that could be interpreted as racially insensitive. Uncle Ben's disappeared from rice boxes. Land of Lakes removed the Native American woman from his boxes, leaving the land and lakes on his packaging. The butter now serves a testament of our tortured history. <laughs> the Indians have been removed, and the empty land remains. So, <laughs> essentially, when you took the the racist, whatever, image of having this female Native American on the cover of the uh, butter there, you took the, took her away from our land. You did what we did to Indians. Or Native Americans. I'm sorry, I'm not allowed to say Indians. <laughs> so it's kind of, that's the that's the irony in all of this. You banned a black lady from the pancake box. You banned a black man from the rice box. You kicked the Indian off the fucking uh, butter box, removing her from her land. You did exactly what we're not supposed to be doing by trying to be righteous. <laughs> it's like gee, the, these guys are so fucking stupid they don't realize what they think they're accomplishing something when realistically they're being racist these are the same group of people that want to knock down abraham lincoln statues okay say what you want about andrew jackson and and george washington being slave owners and whatever cool i get that do we tear down those statues no that's stupid because these people these individuals were responsible for you having the freedom to be able to want to tear these statues down. You're welcome, by the way. But to be so stupid to want to tear down an Abraham Lincoln statue from the person who gave you the freedom by signing and declaring the Emancipation Proclamation. God, I can't even talk. I get fired up. I get mumble mouth. <sighs> But you weren't tear their statues down. It, it's so fucked up. And it all stems around social media. We want to cancel anything in this country. And I'm going to be honest with you. We need to start with social media. Now, you can sit here and say, well, you don't have to get on Facebook. You don't have to get on Twitter. You don't have to do those things. You don't have to be on TikTok or uh, whatever the other ones are, Snapchat and whatever. And I get that. You don't have to be on that. And if you are, you can choose to follow who or what you want to follow. I get that. But somehow or another, those things can still creep into your, your algorithm. Okay? And then we're being told on social media and mainstream media what we should hate. And then you feel guilty if you don't feel that way. We had a thing when all this Budweiser stuff happened with Jack Daniels. Sponsoring a drag show. Of course, it was it was pushed as oh, so when are you gonna when are you gonna um you know cancel Jack Daniels because they're sponsoring drag shows? And that's not entirely true. Yes, they sponsor that RuPaul TV show, I don't know the name of it. I'll have to go to my DVR and see what it's going I'm joking. Um, but it's not like they're sponsoring the drag show at the bar on the corner where kids and whatever can show up. And then people get butthurt about that shit. Like in Florida, they passed the thing about drag shows and stuff like that 
are, are for adults only. Oh, God forbid. Who who cares? Why, why do we want to have kids subjugated to that? Why Why do we want that? To me, that just screams pedophilia. If we're, if we're going to argue that kids should be allowed to go to drag shows, then I should be able to take my 12-year-old son, I don't have a 12-year-old son, but if I had one, to a strip club. You want to take the 12-year-old boy to the drag, the drag show so he can see the chick dude dancing. You know, well, that's a guy, but he's got a penis, but he's pretending to be a chick, but looking at him shake his ass. What's any difference between that and me taking the kid to a titty bar so he can see some actual fucking women with some big juicy melons, right? I'd rather, if I'm going to do that, I'd rather... Little Johnny go see that so he can be like, hell yeah, that's nice. Versus some freak show and get stupid ideas in his head thinking that's the norm. These people, <laughs> and I think I talked about this a while back, talking about the gay culture and the, the transvestite culture, is such a small, minute percentage of our, of our country and our culture. And the crazy thing is, is as small of a, of a percentage that is, it is such a large voice. Why? The percentage of people in this country that are homosexual is the, if you, if you were to take homosexuality, whether it's male, male, female, female, whatever, and break that down into a race. Okay, you have whites, blacks, Hispanics, Asians, you know, whatever. It's less than 1%. But every day, you're inundated by the gay, the LBGTQP, whatever it's called, lifestyle. Pride months and drag shows and God forbid if DeSantis says this and if God forbid if Disney does that and God... It is such a small percentage that I can't even imagine that these companies are benefiting from doing anything. I mean, in all honesty, every company, Budweiser, whoever, that does these things, they don't benefit from doing these things. It causes them more harm than it does good. Why do they do it? Because they're forced by the less than 1% of this population to do it. Why? Has anyone ever asked the question, why? D-E-N-I. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Because we are forced to feel that if you don't support these things, then you're a racist or you're a... Uh, homophobic or you're whatever when in actuality you're just a regular person that really doesn't give a shit about that because you don't follow that lifestyle I've said it time and time again if you're gay and you're a guy that likes guys or you're a female that likes females you do you I don't need to see it I don't need to see it in commercials I don't need to be watching TV and see a commercial for um, you know Quaker Oats 
and there's two ladies making dinner or breakfast for their their multiracial child that they somehow have because you know they're one's black and one's white and they're multi-racial couple that are both female but because they have to mix everything in it's got to be a, a a black female with a white female with a multiracial child so you have the the mixed race which whatever plus the gayness whatever with the you know mixed baby whatever I don't care. I don't need to worry about that. I mean, there's a microphone there. It used to be back in the days. I was, I was reading an article, oddly enough, about the Flintstones. And um, the Flintstones was the, the longest-running, most uh, profitable cartoon up until The Simpsons. Okay? The... The um, Flintstones came out in the 60s, early 60s. I think 1960, as a matter of fact. And I remember as a kid, now, I'm, I used to watch the Flintstones when I was a kid in the early 80s. And my dad, who was born in 51, I think, I remember I'd be watching Flintstones. Oh, it's Flintstones. And my dad would be, oh, I remember this one. And my dad's you know, 30 years old or whatever at this point. And I'm like, what the fuck? This is, this is, this isn't that old. But anyway, in the Flintstones was the first television show, not just animated television show, but first television show in the sixties to show a married couple sharing a bed. Did you know that? Did you know that back in the sixties and seventies, if you're my age, you might remember this. Think back to the shows that you used to watch on TV. And they had separate beds. Now, why why would you ever think about that? They're married. <laughs> so why would your dad and mom were married and they shared the same bed? They didn't sleep in separate beds. But in those days, it was taboo. So, cancel culture has been... Like, I'm sure back in the 60s, I wasn't alive back then, but I'd be willing to bet that there was outrage over that. How dare they? Then eventually it caught on and whatever. But I mean, I remember even like All in the Family, which was in the 70s. And um, watching like reruns and stuff and they had separate beds. And it's just weird that the things we worry about, like if if you're a kid... In the 60s. And you have a mom and a dad. They Chances are they didn't sleep in separate beds. They probably had one bed. I don't know. But Anheuser-Busch has made some moves. Now it was shortly after the whole Dylan Mulvaney situation. Where you started reading stuff online. Where this person was fired. And this person was, was done whatever. And then. Snopes and whoever come out with fact checks, that's false. Well, as of yesterday, Bud Light Marketing VP Alyssa Hernenscheid, who who said the brand was fratty and out of touch and devised the much-criticized Dylan Mulvaney partnership, is taking a leave of absence. So there you go. Uh, She's led the brand since June, will be replaced by Budweiser Global Marketing VP Todd Allen. Now... Is Todd Allen going to do a better job? I don't know. don't care. But 
basically what it boils down to is this. If you're going to sell and make a product, know your audience. If I, Don Q, here at Don't Tread on America, is going to start making T-shirts, not that I'm going to start making them, but, you know, if I start getting T-shirts made and hats and stickers and stuff like that, it's going to be focused around this show, the things that I say, or when Chris is here, the things we say, the drinks we drink, the stuff we talk about, and fucking America, okay? If all of a sudden I start making rainbow fucking stickers that I don't know my audience. I'm catering to the less than 1%. Less than 1%. And I'm catering to the less than 1% that probably doesn't even listen to the show or even give two shits about it. And I'm fine with that too. Although I should cancel them for not including the equity in my show. No? Can't do that. Okay, cool. And then you move on. So you see Bed Bath & Beyond now is filing for bankruptcy. Now, it's funny you get on you get on Twitter and stuff. Oh, it's because they canceled MyPillow. Well, MyPillow's not doing that great either. Granted, they're not struggling. But once again, I could even say this to Mike Lindell. Know your audience. Everyone likes a pillow. I, I don't have a MyPillow. I don't know. They seem expensive, but pillows aren't cheap in general. So... Whatever, whatever, whatever. I think when you're a company, whatever your company is, whether you're selling beer or pillows, and you hitch your wagon to a certain situation, you're bound to face criticism. Now, is Mike Lindell, the owner of my pillow, allowed to support Donald Trump? Sure. I think where he lost it was when he started talking about the uh, the election being rigged and stolen and all that stuff. Um, he wasn't canceled and kicked out of Bed Bath & Beyond and whoever else, Kohl's and whatever other stores, because of him supporting Donald Trump. It wasn't until the election situation. Now, does Mike Lindell deserve to have an opinion on stuff? Yeah. But you face the consequences. Just like Budweiser, just like Per Mill, whatever it's called, their sales are down. Uncle Ben's doesn't hold the, the rice category like they used to. That's why I think you see brands like Coke and Pepsi and Frito-Lay and some of these major entities not delving into certain situations because everybody... Whether you're straight, gay, white, black, Hispanic, whatever you are, you drink soda. Whether it's Coke or Pepsi, you eat potato chips. Whether it's Frito-Lay or uh, Cape Cod or whatever other brands are out there, right? You might eat different flavors. You might not eat Lay's. You might eat Doritos. You might eat Ruffles. You might, you know, you might not drink Coke. You drink Sprite. You might not drink Pepsi. You drink Mountain Dew. Cool. You notice those particular companies, <laughs> they're, okay, Budweiser did what? Okay, we're not doing that, right? My pillow guy did what? We're not like uh, the CEO for Yingling supports Trump. You, he doesn't get out there and, and thump his chest over it. He just does. He doesn't go out there and say the election was rigged. He might think that, like if you had a personal conversation with the guy, he might be like, yeah, some bullshit. But he's going to keep that to himself because he knows his audience. He knows that maybe there's a chunk of percentage of people that drink his beer that 
might not like Trump. They might be Biden people. They might whatever. They might get, get, give two shits about politics. <sighs> I don't know. But I think the biggest thing with brands, whoever, whatever brand you are, you've got to pay attention. Like I said, you know your audience, but this isn't two years ago. What do I mean by that? So two years ago, so without giving my job away, because I just don't feel that anyone that doesn't already know needs to know. But when you, during COVID, and you would go to a grocery store and the places were wiped out, why was that? Because people were scared. They didn't know what was going to happen. So no matter what the price of the items were, whether it was snacks, drinks, regular food, whatever, they bought it. If you notice, now I don't know how it was in other states, but I know around here, like I grocery shop at Publix. That's our main grocery store. Um, they are famous or whatever for having BOGOs. That's their big thing. Buy one, get one freeze. During that whole time, during that solid year and a half of um, COVID, they really hardly ran any sales. They didn't have BOGOs. Now, the argument, like people would ask the company, why no BOGOs? Why no sales? And their response was, and because their response was, well, it's because the, uh, the items are limited. It's hard for us to keep stuff in stock. And I'm not saying they're lying. I'm not saying that's false. But they also probably knew that the shit was flying off the shelf anyway. So why in the hell would you sell it at a discount when people are willing to pay full price? And these companies, you know, I'm talking about Publix down here in Florida. I know Publix is in other states. But whatever grocery stores in your state, Kroger, you know, whatever, they probably do the same thing. And during COVID probably did the same thing you probably recall not seeing as many sale items two for whatever's bogos whatever and the excuse was well it's because our quantities are limited blah 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 when in actuality it was because why would i sell a bogo item for five dollars where you're getting two items say for 250 a piece when you would be willing to just pay that five dollars for one or ten dollars for two you see what i'm saying Fast forward to today where the prices have gone up. So even if something happens to be BOGO, which are still limited and it has nothing to do with with availability, it's with cost now. Well, now people just can't afford to do this. So the, and I was going to talk about this in the beginning of the show. So I'm going to end with this interesting thing happened yesterday. Today is Sunday, right? So either on a Friday or Saturday, say I'm off on the weekends, my wife has a fucked up schedule. So she usually is home either Friday and or Saturday evenings. One of those two nights, we'll go out to dinner. So uh, this week we did Saturday. So we're going to go out to dinner Saturday. Okay, so I'm doing yard work all day Saturday. I'm out in the yard doing mulch, making the house pretty. And I text her because I'm going to just got done. It's 100 degrees outside. I'm going to take a shower and relax. It's about 3 o'clock. Okay, text her. Hey, when you get done work, make sure you call me so I can get dressed. 
and I'm going to put us on the wait list so we can just not have to wait for a table. Okay, cool. She's leaving work. 5.30. 5.30 on a Saturday afternoon. Hey, I'm leaving. Okay, cool. Let me get on the app here and look. It says there's no wait. Are you sure? It's Saturday. I'm just telling you what it says. She's driving home. It takes her about 30 minutes to get home. We're talking, yada, yada, yada. I keep checking it. I don't know. She gets home. I say, it still says no wait. So either the app's broke or ain't no one going out to eat. <laughs> so whatever, whatever. She comes home. I'm getting dressed. We leave. We go up to the place. We go to Longhorn Steakhouse, which is a decent steakhouse. Um, 6.30-ish. Okay, so I'm going to drop you off at the front door, and uh, I'll go park. So you go in, get us, a, you know, put our name in. I go in. She's already sitting at a table. Now, when we left the house, I noticed there's, like, no traffic on the road. There's something going on in town that I'm aware of. I'm not aware of, I should say. And I can't think of anything. Restaurants are empty. We walk right in, sit down. And I was like, man, this is kind of fucked up. This would suck to be a waiter, waitress. Because no customers, no tips, right? And that's not to say that the place was empty. But it wasn't full. And you didn't have to wait for a table. When was the last time you can recall saying that you saw that on a Saturday evening? Right now, I don't personally care because it doesn't affect me. What affected me was the fact that I was able to walk in there, get a table. Hey, huh, old fashioned, sir. Uh, the lady will have a sangria and we'll get some of that delicious fucking Parmesan crusted spinach dip that they have because it's fucking good. If you haven't had it, you need to. And, uh, you know, cool. We're drinking, we're eating, we're chilling, right? So she's like, I wonder why it's so slow. I wonder what's going on. I was like, well, you know, times are tough. You know, maybe people like where we, where that particular restaurant is, where Long uh, Longhorn is, there's other, there's like Olive Garden and Chili's and so um, a Mexican restaurant. And I said, well, maybe, you know, people are still wanting to go out because that's what you want to do. You want to keep your life as normal as possible. I said, maybe they're opting for a cheaper option. Maybe you go to Chili's where it's a little bit cheaper. Maybe the drinks are a little bit cheaper, you know, whatever. So we're leaving. I'm like, oh, they ain't at fucking Chili's. See, that bitch is emptier than Longhorn was, the parking lot. And Olive Garden the same way. I was like, Jesus Christ. Think, and, and, that's, and to me, that's a tell right there. Um, your grocery stores, your, your Walmarts, your whatever are still going to do business because it's cheaper. As much as stuff at the grocery stores and Walmart, whatever, has gone up, it's still cheaper to go buy you know, some steaks or hamburger meat or whatever you're going to cook and make your own food. Uh, and not for nothing, okay? I don't, I'll tell you. I don't care. We went to Longhorn, okay? I had two Old Fashions. She had two Sangrias because, you know, we drank. She had, we had the, uh, the, the spinach dip. I got a New York strip, nothing fancy. She got fried shrimp once again, right? Bill before tax or before uh, tip, hundred bucks. 
not bragging, but that same meal, not that long ago, even when things started to go up in price, that same meal was 80 bucks, which was high. And prior to all the bullshit was 60 bucks. So within two years or less, that same meal has gone up $40. Thus, the reason why we only go out to eat one night a week. Now, people that know me know my wife doesn't cook. <laughs> Not that she can't cook. It's just with our schedules and so on and so forth. But it's, you guys know this, it's expensive to go out to eat, so you don't. Instead of us going out to eat two or three times a week, we might go out once. Because that one day of going out was what it would, would be two days a couple of years ago. And I think that's where these brands, whatever brand they are, need to pay attention to their audience. If Longhorn, for example, come out and started supporting things that I don't agree with, whatever those things are, okay, I'm not going to go there because <laughs> there's other options. I've never liked Bud Light. It has nothing to do with this Dylan Mulvaney. Bud Light is Budweiser in general. I'm sorry to say this, but... Budweiser in general is garbage beer. And if you like Budweiser and if you like Bud Light, that's only because you haven't tried something else. I'm sorry. I said it. Michelob's decent. Michelob Ultra's okay. If you can't get your hands on a better light beer, which would be Yingling Light, and I'm not saying that because the CEO is a Trump supporter. I'm telling you the fucking truth. Yingling is, is a better beer. Period. Um, so I'm not even going to use them as an example over this whole Dylan Mulvaney thing. I don't care because I never drank Budweiser. Give two shits. Jack Daniels supports a gay, or not gay, but a, a drag show. Okay, technically it was a TV show. So along with Kellogg's and whoever else probably sponsored that same fucking show. However, with that being said, I drink whiskey. Okay. I have, well, I'm going to lie, so that's not true. I have one, two, three, four, five, six bottles of Jack Daniels in my house. That sounds like a lot. Those of you that don't know, you're like, damn, he's got six bottles. Okay. Two of them, when we went to Tennessee a couple years back, we had engraved with our names. So they're souvenirs. And the other two I have in my in the DTOM studios here is... Uh, Red, what's the one? Red Dog, I think, and the other one's White Rabbit. Never seen them before. Probably will never drink them. They're just up there. The other two bottles I have are open, Honey and Jack, because they're good. Okay? Um, does Jack Daniels need to know their audience? Now, does that not to say that transvestites and gays and whatever drink Jack Daniels? I don't care. The problem is this. There's other options. I don't continuously drink Jack Daniels because right now, uh, the old-fashioned... Uh, I made quite a good drink today. This is a blueberry old-fashioned. I found a blueberry moonshine up in Tennessee when we were up there a couple weeks ago. And from a small distillery. For the life of me, I can't think of the name of them, so I'm sorry. But I made that with a single barrel full of roses, which 
if you don't know, is a very, very good bourbon. So is Maker's Mark. So is Woodford. And I could name a million. So you sit there and go, Don, you got six bottles of Jack Daniels. They sponsored the drag show. Cool. I've got over 150 bottles of different whiskeys and bourbons. Do you think I even think about those six bottles? No. Okay. So, also, they were bought prior to all the bullshit. But not for nothing, no one made outrage of it because Jack Daniels didn't go and put a fucking face of RuPaul on one of their bottles. The funniest thing about all this, and I was talking to Chris about this the other day, I said, you know, all of this, <laughs> all of this outrage over this Bud Light situation is only because of one thing. Because Budweiser sent this dude a, a six-pack or whatever they sent him of uh, Bud Light with his picture on it. And he made this video, and he has however many followers, and he was like, oh, look at that, they made a picture, blah, blah, blah. And you have everyone saying, oh, he's trying to promote underage drinking, he's trying to promote pedophilia and all this stuff, and maybe he is, maybe he isn't, I don't know. I started drinking when I was 14, so whatever. And I guarantee you no fucking transvestite got me to start drinking beer. <laughs> um, the only reason we're even talking about this dude and his Budweiser is because I have a commercial coming through my ear. So I'm going to go ahead and stop that. <laughs> that means I've been talking longer than an hour. My background music is uh, already over. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> and he has however many followers... And he was able to get however many people to uh, to see his videos. And uh, that's why you have what you have going on with them. If with with um, with the Jack Daniels situation, if Jack Daniels came out and said that, oh, we're going to put uh, RuPaul's face on the. Uh, on the cover of the uh, bottle of Jack Daniels, you would have the same situation. So, how many times? I don't. I don't know. I live in Florida. Okay, not that I buy Bud Light. I I'm in stores every day, and I see Budweiser, Bud Light. I've yet to see a can with this dude's face on it. Why? Because I guarantee you, it was a one-off. That six-pack or whatever the dude got was probably the only cans produced with his face on it. And we're losing our shit over it. So, my word to all the corporate entities that are worried about treating everyone fairly, you need to treat your stockholders fairly, which includes yourselves. Quit worrying about everyone's feelings and just make good products. Period. All right, guys, with that being said, you guys have a fantastic rest of your Sunday. And I will be here Wednesday, technically. I will not actually be here Wednesday because I have a bunch of doctor's appointments between Tuesday and Wednesday. However, I do have a special treat for you guys. You can thank me later. I'm going to continue the series on the bloodlines of the Illuminati. I did the Astor family a couple weeks ago. We're going to do... The uh, Collins family. Very interesting 
story. And if you don't know who these people are, it's for a good reason. So please tune in on Wednesday, follow the show, and uh, listen to that episode of the Collins family bloodline and the next family in the 13 bloodlines of the Illuminati. With that being said, guys, it is Sunday, April 23rd, 2023. And I'm your host, Don Q. I'll talk to you guys again. Talk to you guys. Talk to you guys again on Wednesday. Have a great day.